Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. To God's house they came, God's righteous people. To the tabernacle, to the temple, to the synagogues, to the private homes and to the catacombs, to the churches and the cathedrals. They came and they still do, for that is what God desires of His holy people. He calls us to be in His presence, to receive His gifts. In Joseph's and Mary's case, they came because the law demanded it. Since days of old, God had commanded His people through Moses that all the firstborn males of Israel would be consecrated to the Lord. They would be redeemed, that is, purchased back, exchanged at a price, as a memorial of the price paid in Egypt to finally break Pharaoh's stiff neck and harsh, proud spirit at the cost of many firstborns, including his own, that earthly oppressor learned a hard lesson that nothing will stand between God and the people that he desires. No price is too great to redeem his own. And so the infant Jesus was brought, along with his mother, for the purification rite. He was brought to Jerusalem, the city where kings rule where priests serve, and where prophets die. He was the Spirit-conceived firstborn Son of Mary and the only begotten Son of His heavenly Father. Joseph knew that even though the child was not his own by flesh, he ought not trifle with God's commands. He and his betrothed were not wealthy people after all, and so their sacrifice that day was a modest one two small birds, tokens of something free in spirit. So too Simeon came to the Lord's house that day, led by a still freer spirit, one that is not a small token, but is the very power of God. Simeon came in hope and in expectation, righteous and devout, not because of anything that he did, not because he did everything right according to the law, but because in faith, Simeon trusted that God was about to make everything right for the first time since Eden's tragedy. Simeon may not have known as he approached the temple that day that this was the moment that he had longed for. Yet he knew from the Spirit's revelation that that moment would come before the end of his earthly years. Anna, too, came to the house of the Lord that day. Or should I say she dwelt in the Lord's house? We are told that she was 84 years old and did not depart from the temple. Whether that means that she actually lived there on the temple grounds in the courtyard or along the colonnades, or whether she was just a faithful worshiper who lived nearby and spent every moment that she could in the temple, we don't know for sure. What we do know, however, was that she, like Simeon, was devout and righteous, fasting and praying constantly, and prophesying about the Lord God and His salvation. 
So there they were, destined to come together at that place, that day, and that time. All seven of them. Mary and Joseph. Simeon and Anna. Son and Father and Spirit. For wherever Jesus is, the fullness of God dwells there ever present as well. Revealing His truth through Simeon. Proclaiming His redemption through Anna. Causing wonder to swell and to churn in the hearts of Joseph and Mary and all those who heard what was spoken and proclaimed that day. According to Jewish and Christian tradition, this purification of Mary and the presentation of Jesus would have taken place 40 days after His birth. Luke's account of the birth and the presentation of Jesus and Matthew's record of the nativity, the visit of the Magi, and the flight into Egypt are not explicitly coordinated in the Scriptures. Nevertheless, it seems clear that Joseph and Mary probably would not have gone all the way back to Nazareth and then returned again down to Jerusalem within 40 days of Jesus' birth. Nor would they have had time to fly into Egypt and await the death of Herod. It's likely then that this episode which Luke describes in the middle of chapter 2 is only the second public revelation of the birth of the Savior. Luke's orderly account has moved from the departure of the shepherds to Jesus' circumcision on the eighth day and now to His presentation on the fortieth day. Whether or not the Magi's visit took place before or after this event is merely a matter of historical curiosity, but neither option invalidates the biblical timeline at all. What really matters to us is that God has come to His people, meeting them where He would be met, in His holy temple, in the place where He has put His name and where He has promised to be. His coming had been announced to Mary and to Joseph and to the shepherds by His angels, His spirit messengers. And God now uses the human tongues of messengers like Simeon and Anna to proclaim His arrival. We do not know exactly what Anna had to say that day. The specific words of Simeon, however, are recorded for us, preserved by St. Luke, writing under the inspiration and guidance of the Holy Spirit. His words are known to us as the nunc dimittis, from the Latin phrase which opens his statement. They essentially mean, now dismiss. And set to various musical scores, these words have been part of the Christian worship experience for centuries, usually placed in the divine service at the point in which communicants are themselves dismissed after having seen and tasted the salvation of the Lord in His Holy Supper. And at the proper time, we ourselves will unite ourselves with the church of every time and every place in singing those words after we have received the salvation prepared in the presence of all peoples. Yet how many of us truly come to the Lord's house in the same sort of joy and anticipation that Simeon and Anna had? It is particularly difficult sometimes especially after having come through this stretch of Advent and Christmas Eve and Christmas Day with all of its extra services and activities. We've had far too much on our plates, we think. 
kids home from school, all of that shopping that had to be done, visitors from out of town stacked one upon the other in the house, events to plan and to supervise, even more events to attend, perhaps even our own traveling to do. It's our nature to throw up our hands and say, enough is enough already. I need a break from all of this church stuff. Some of your Christian brothers and sisters succumb to that today, it seems. For others, it seems that any more than two or three times a year is too much. And sadly, for far too many who want to claim so-called membership in our blessed parish family, managing to find their way to the Lord's temple is not a priority at all. That's not to congratulate you for being here today, however. I'm certainly glad that you are, of course, but I am nowhere near as glad as your Heavenly Father is. And He's not glad because He needs you here. He's glad because you need you here. Unless you desire to come to the Lord's house to see and to hear and to touch and to taste and to sing His salvation, you cannot receive it. Without that desire, you have turned your back on His gifts. You have rejected His coming. You have closed your eyes and your ears and your mind to the light revealed to the Gentiles and to Israel alike. Apart from your Savior, your faith is dead, for we are branches that must remain connected to that vine. You cannot be granted God's peace in which to depart unless you have first arrived in His house to receive that peace. Thanks be to God, you have received it. When the time came for your purification, you were brought to the Lord's house. In some cases, however, perhaps the Lord was brought to you at your parents' home or in a hospital maternity ward or wherever it was that you were presented to the Lord, washed in the waters of holy baptism and received your commanded purification. Wherever His Word and wherever His name is proclaimed among His faithful people, there He is promised to be. And so you too are holy to the Lord. You are set apart, made unique, made His servant who dwells in peace so that one day you may depart in peace. You will not only not see death before seeing the Lord's Christ, you will not see the ultimate death at all. That is because He saw death for you. The babe of Bethlehem was presented in the Lord's temple, but he was also presented before the Lord's judgment seat on the cross. There he heard the guilty verdict that was meant for you. There he experienced the sentence of unbearable punishment, suffering and death that should have been yours. All because he took your flesh. All because he took your place. His righteousness has now been made yours. His holiness has been applied to you. His sonship has been multiplied. And you who are sons and daughters of Adam and Eve have been made one with the Son of Mary and the Son of God. And when He had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, He did not just return to Galilee with His mother and His father to grow strong to be filled with wisdom. No, He came in weakness as an infant, bringing the strength of God. He came as wisdom itself to grant you the knowledge of the fear of the Lord. He whom with His Father was well pleased has placed His Father's favor upon you. Marked as His own, you will not see eternal death, 
because you have seen the Lord's Christ. You have seen Him with your eyes on the written page of Scriptures. You have seen Him with your ears as He is proclaimed and sung. You have seen Him with your skin as He was splashed upon you and clings there still in the garment of His righteousness. You have seen Him with your tongue as you have tasted His body and His blood. All that you are, rotten flesh through and through, has been consumed in the perfection of His flesh and the sweet purity of His forgiveness. As this calendar year now departs from us, all of the hubbub of the bad news and all of the paranoia about the supposed end of the Mayan calendar will soon pass by as well, quickly forgotten. At such a time, we would do well to be reminded that our departure as God's servants comes at the time of God's choosing, not our own, and certainly not according to the will of any other man or woman. So depart from the Lord's temple in peace. You have seen His salvation, and the favor of the Lord is upon you. In His holy name, Amen. Amen.